to Judging Book Covers, a bi-weekly podcast where we help you get through your to-be-read list. I'm Stephanie Cortez, and I'm joined by my co-host, Megan. How are you tonight, Megan? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Glad to not be at work. <laughs> Glad the day is over. <laughs> You're so much better at this than I am. You should just open every single one. <laughs> Let's be honest. I think you sell yourself short, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Your own worst critic. <laughs> this is fair. And we're, tonight we're joined by Amy Pascal of Ladies Love Paul Rudd. How are you, Amy? I um, I was doing well. I'm so excited to be talking to you guys. I'm a little grumpy that we are in April and there is snow. There is snow on my grass. There's snow on my car. And, but like, I, I, in fact, I, I'm just glad that I'm here with you because then that raises my spirits and I won't be that upset. <laughs> we'll try to keep your mind off of the snow and know that we are all angry about it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think I speak for everybody in New England. <laughs> Pretty much. I Pretty have much. never, ever wished for it to be spring. Yeah. I am almost to the point that I'm like, okay, I need it to be spring. Yes. Because yes. spring is always like, wet and rainy. Give me the rain. It's fine. <laughs> like, yes. 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 All right. So, Amy, what book have you chosen Ooh. for us to read this week? I am going to read the title because I keep screwing it up. It is <laughs> uh, I Don't Know What You Know Me From, Confessions of a Co-Star by Judy Greer. And why did you choose this book? Well, um, I have a tremendous amount of books that I have purchased and are around my house and I have not read. I think this came out a couple of years ago. Um, and I think around the time that I checked in with you guys, somebody had also recently read it and said they thoroughly enjoyed it. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I need to read that book. And because and it's got the cutest cover and she looks adorable on it. And it would just kind of mock me and make me kind of sad because every time I saw it, it was in my room and it was prominent in my bookshelves. And I would think I should really, really read this. And this was the perfect opportunity. <laughs> I think it was a good choice. It was also on my list. I didn't have it. But when I saw that she was coming out with a book, it's like, oh, I got to get this. I got to read this. And then it actually I think it came out in 2014. And mm -hmm. then time passed, yeah. and I did not get the book. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. I've now read it. <laughs> As have I. And I'm really proud of myself because I, like I said, I have so many books that I am not reading. <laughs> and yeah, you're right, 2014. I'm just confirming. Not that I needed to. But I was really proud, and I read it in about a day and a half. I'm yeah. Which, and it's not that long, but there's probably a reason why it took me a little longer to read it. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I did the same thing. I bought it in 2014. I, I'm like a huge Judy Greer fan. It's yeah. like very strange. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and, th and then it sat on my shelf forever. And I actually listened to the audiobook last year because huh. I've almost gotten to the point where like, if I'm going to do a memoir, it's going to be audiobook because they are going to read it themselves. Yeah. It's just so much fun to listen to him talk. Yes. Um, I was going to bring that up because I switched. I got yeah. it from the library. And then I feel I used to read in the car all the time as a kid, but I feel like the last time I tried, I got nauseous. So I was like, you know what? No. I got these credits from Audible because I never canceled my free trial. I'm going to get it from Audible. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nice. So I think I have like three free credits. I'm just sticking with it now. Because um, I had listened to Tiffany Haddish, her <gasps> memoir. Oh that's my right. So that's good. on my list. I am it's waiting. Really I think I'm like number five out of 12 copies at my library to get it's, the audiobook. So really I am good. so nice. excited to hear that. Yeah. So, I was so like, excited. You know, Judy Greer, she's probably going to do a good job on her own. So or on her on her oh, own yeah. memoir. And so I yes. alternated between that and the in the actual book book. And yeah, that's what I did this time around, too. I found my copy. It took forever because I don't have any organization to my books. So. so do you feel that listening to it, like what part did you, did you feel that you enjoyed it more listening to it or reading it? Or was it pretty much the same? I had already read it. So mm-hmm. it was all kind of the same to me to okay. do it both this time. Yeah. Gotcha. What about you, Stephanie? I feel like for some chapters, like there's one chapter I would go back and listen to and it because I read her chapter about her eventful night at the Oscars yes yes yes. oh yes I want I I need to go back and listen to that um and then when I was flipping through the book today just making some notes I you miss out on the pictures because I did not see the picture of her adorable dog or yes. Merry Kissmas when the fam- the, her and her family dress up as, or they yes. have makeup from the from the band Kiss. So you do miss yes. out on the picture. <laughs> <laughs> that is a really good point. I was I was happy that they put pictures, and I there was a couple of things where I wish yeah. they had more pictures, but yeah. I I like the ones that they included. Yeah. Yes, I, I appreciated you. her honesty. With the Oscar night when she took a picture of her dress on the back of the bathroom stall and had the caption, I was completely naked when I took this picture. (laughs) (laughs) Like finding out in that moment at the Oscars that the dress will not come up above your hips so that you can go to the bathroom. Like (sighs) that whole night. That is like the worst nightmare. Yeah. It was like everything she did was the worst nightmare. Like thing after thing after thing. (laughs) Oh, God, that night, that poor night, and she was by herself, too. So, yes. you know, kind of going through that where, um, was it, she's on the red carpet, and her, the beads start unraveling, mm. and then, uh, there was it, the publicist brought her to, like, the wrong bar, yep. so she didn't know anybody, yeah. like, really didn't know anybody, it was, like, the, the, the fill-in bar or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and, or seat fillers, that's what, and then just, yeah, one thing after another, and yep. then the dress not being able to go yeah. up past her hips. I loved, honestly, like, I guess I, I'd ask, like, what did you, how did you feel about the book? I'm sorry, I'm interviewing you, I probably should have thought that. <laughs> like, no, this is the best part about talking with other people who have podcasts, mm-hmm. is that it's, like, everybody kind of gets in a good groove, yeah. so... Mm-hmm. um personally like i love any memoirs i I read through some of the goodreads reviews i was actually kind of surprised that they were a little bit more negative like a lot of like she's not really funny and i was like but i wasn't expecting her to be like i don't read the memoirs to get humor or like the tell-alls from hollywood i genuinely like to know where these people started and Mm -hmm. how they got to where they are and honestly like Anna Kendrick's is great because like Anna Kendrick is so freaking weird and awkward and it comes through so much in her book and it's kind of the same with Judy Greer where it's just like this is who I am like I'm sorry but it is (laughs) and it's not changing and so I've read funnier ones sure I've read ones that made me cry more sure but I don't dislike this one at all Mm -hmm. Like, it, it was still 
parts of it were still making me laugh, and it's the second time I've read it. So, especially the text messages for, <laughs> to her best friend. Yeah. She's a mess. <laughs> yes. But I also forgot she's the person the at, like, press junkets. I'm like, I need to find her videos of press junkets. Yes. Yeah. Her game at the yeah. pr- I was like, what? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta look this up. <laughs> and I, it's like, in Press Junket, like, interviews are some of the most awkward things I've ever seen. I really hate when they do them. So yes. I, I loved all of that. Like, the game of, like, just fitting words into mm-hmm. every answer. <laughs> so reading, when I opened this, I went, it's probably a good idea for me to figure out what my earliest, like, Judy Greer movie was. Mm-hmm. So what was it for you two? Do you know off the top of your head? Well, or I guess, or it, if you think Judy Greer, what do you think? Because I bet you we have some listeners going, I have no idea who Judy Greer is. <laughs> or they have already Googled going, yeah. oh, that's Judy oh, Greer. Yeah. Okay. Um, immediately, you know, my first thing is is Arrested Development and Say okay. Goodbye to These with Kitty. Uh, with Kitty. Like, I just love that. Um, and that always cracked me up. I remember from 13 going on 30. I loved her. She was on this really delightful show that didn't really do much of anything, but I loved it called Love Monkey that also had Tom Cavanaugh in it. And it was like set in the music field. And she was in, um, it was Misguided, the, uh, oh no, that was the show where she headed it up. Um, But yeah, like I just, she's one of those people that as soon as she shows up, I just get happy. Like it's just, she could be in, anything and i would want to check it out because i i find her to be so incredibly delightful same yeah yeah i definitely could pick out my earliest movie was either wedding planner or what women want i um was she in what women want she's the woman the file woman that's really depressed that almost commits suicide that he stops at the end and is like i see you oh my god i've only seen that movie like once <laughs> maybe twice it's it was a long time ago movie. <laughs> yeah i've never seen it I, oh i because i was you know looking through her imdb for the same reason mm-hmm. um i think my first i associate her with the wedding planner and also yes. now Arrested Development, but I didn't know about Arrested Development until within the last 10 years when Chris and I moved in together, because um, it's one of his favorite shows. Um, but definitely, yeah, <laughs> The Wedding Planner. And I forgot about Jawbreaker. I forgot about that one when I, yes. until oh, I was on the IMDb God, page. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to end up doing a Judy Greer just run through of a whole bunch of stuff. I know, I think so too. Well, I was surprised because she mentioned, you know, her first big role was in Kissing a Fool, which oddly enough, I had just mentioned uh, in like some Facebook thread, it was like, what, what movies have a scene or something about it that it's way too good for the movie and kissing a fool. I don't know if you've seen it. It's terrible. It is a horrible, horrible, terrible movie. And it's basically like Jason Lee plays a writer and Millie Avital is his editor. And he sets him, sets him up, her up with his best friend, David Schwimmer, who's a womanizer. Oh, yeah. No. And even though they're really not matched, like they're, yeah, it's terrible. It's like they're, they're not matched. And of course, Jason Lee and Millie are in love with each other. And it, it's awful. I think I went to see because I was, it was the Jason Lee thing. But there is a scene in there where both, both Jason and Millie like acknowledge that, oh, because she's engaged. She ends up within two weeks or whatever being engaged to David Schwimmer. And it's like, okay. yeah, that's how stupid it is. And 
So, but they both, they're like at somebody's house and they acknowledge that they have this feeling, but they can't do anything about it. And it's really beautifully played by the two of them. And I always felt like this, this scene is far too good, <laughs> far better than this terrible movie like deserves. So I did not notice the Judy Greer in that because I think most of it was washed away from my brain. But when, <laughs> but I liked her story about auditioning with her cute raincoat. Yes. And that was the thing that got, you know, got her back. Like I thought that was delightful. Absolutely delightful. Yes. It's such the rain. That was a great. <laughs> I think the mm-hmm. raincoat thing felt like such a, a real thing. Like, I feel like this is lucky. Yeah. I'm going to wear this. Like something that just, that I would do. Like this is what I was wearing when I met my agent. And Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think, so, like, I don't know if I should jump into this now, but, like, I was kind of disappointed with the book, to be perfectly honest. That's Uh, fine. I, and I was surprised Mm -hmm. that I was disappointed because I felt like a lot of, I, I felt like either she was running out of material or a lot of stuff just needed a few more versions um, the whole beginning of the book, which is why I said it took me two days to read it, was I could only do 30 pages at a time because I was kind of getting a little frustrated with every episode, with every episode, with every <laughs> chapter ending with like, but oh, shucks, we're going to get through it, you know, and it always ended in this up note. And but once it hit because it's separated, the book is separated into what I forget what the first section is. And then it's uh, it's early life, early life, Hollywood and real, real life, life. I think. Yeah. And I so enjoyed the Hollywood part because at that point she gets very relatable and that's not even the section that you would necessarily think that she would get so relatable because, you know, we're talking about the Oscar thing. And then as you were saying, you know, Stephanie, the, oh, this is a lucky jacket, you know, and these are the things that I'm going to, you know, to wear. And like all of that felt so like, yes, I, you know, I completely understand that. And, you know, when she was talking about shooting, there's, there's this moment that, I kind of appreciate where she's like, oh, you know, especially in an indie shoot or whatever, but you're with these people like 24 seven and then for a period of time and then everyone says they're going to stay in touch. But you know what? People get busy and shit happens. And I feel like that's life as well. And, you know, I really like those were like the moments that I appreciated. And also there was a section where she, you know, explained like what the title is great. It's like like your your compliment hurt my feelings or something yeah. but it's like what not yes. to say to somebody that is a, like a celebrity or an actor or whatever somebody especially if you're just recognizing them or whatever but i think it's also a pretty good guideline of like what not to say to like most people like, yeah, exactly yes. You know? yes yeah especially i feel like we can all agree you look so tired is you look like shit thanks <laughs> never I, is nice like, and then i always look tired if i don't have makeup on because i have dark yeah. circles under my eyes no matter what so if i want to be lazy in the morning <laughs> i'm just gonna get told i look tired and basically sick and like death all day so i gotta yep. yeah <laughs> oh yeah like oh you look so much better in person Ugh. or oh you don't look like your pictures you know yeah. or whatever if someone's mm-hmm. seen you in pictures like oh you're so much prettier yeah. than your picture or in said yeah. movie and yeah, the, exactly. when she talked about, like, the movie that she basically was, like, almost au naturel mm-hmm. as much as possible, and then, like, people were telling her, like, how awful she looked, it was, like, oh, it's, like, secondhand embarrassment. Yes! Yeah, like... Yes. Yeah, people I, just... Yeah. Don't be trash. <laughs> like, be nice. Yeah! <laughs> yes. Like, it, it, it's, like, the weirdest thing. It's, like, and I think that even if it's not about our appearance, I feel like so many of us get those... 
they're not even, I mean, I feel like backhanded compliments are done purposefully, but some people just think they're complimenting you and they say really terrible, awkward things and it, you just feel really bad about it. And I, I kind of wanted to take this chapter and like send it off to a bunch of people because it's like yeah. yes. whether they meet somebody that they've only seen online or only listened to their podcast or only seen a, a TV show or movie. And it's just like everybody, I think people tend to forget that actors or directors or whatever, like they're still people, mm -hmm. you know, they're still like, like they, they're still just kind of doing everything they possibly can to get, you know, get through the day. And these little things that people say, like, you know, it digs into them. So, yeah. I also feel but like, yeah. is it that people maybe sort of, especially with her, since they see her on TV, mm -hmm. they see her in movies as other characters. They're just not realizing this is still the same person I saw in this movie exactly, yes. who is a person and has feelings, yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. like, Hollywood does not get rid of your feelings. In fact, it probably makes them a little bit more sensitive and that's why they're all in therapy. <laughs> but, uh, uh, no, I, I kind of agree with what you're saying. Like the beginning is because she seems to have a great childhood. It's kind of like, what do I talk about? Because it's literally like, my childhood was average and kind of awesome. And like, no, I wasn't a popular kid, but I also like wasn't on the verge of killing myself the yeah. whole time kind of feeling. Yeah. Like she's got great parents. Her mother was like a nun in training mm -hmm. and God, loved everything yes. about her mom. <laughs> um, but like her parents loved her. They were, you know, upper middle class. You know, they had money. She was able to go to college. She was able to do what she wanted and there's nothing wrong with that but it yeah. is kind of boring to read about it just i think it was even if it was i think it, i'm trying to find a way to say that i really just it was the way that they all those um chapters ended and i don't want to be like oh everything needs to be miserable and terrible but it almost half the time felt like they were these tacked on endings like yeah like something I would have maybe, and this is going to sound really obnoxious and I don't mean to be, but like like in early years in high school when you're like told to write an essay and you want to wrap it all up at the end and you don't right. necessarily need to kind of wrap it all up at the end in that sort of a way. And, um, you know, I don't, I actually don't read a lot of memoirs, but um, I had gone on a road trip a couple months ago and I was listening to The, uh, the Princess Diarist. You know where? Oh yes. And and read, you know yeah. and, she, and uh, where Carrie Fisher like reads that as well, and she doesn't do that. Now, granted, she is a writer, and I think you know, and I know Judy yes. Greer and is that's a like writer. Her third or fourth. Exactly. Book by that point, yeah. you know, yeah. And it, I think that was just the point because what I felt was when I loved a chapter, I loved the chapter, and when I was just like, eh, you know. Like, towards the end, I, some of the chapters really bothered me. But then going back to, I, I thought it was really, really brilliant. Um, the part where she decided, since she always plays best friends, she would ask her best friends about it. And actually, I thought the whole yes, chapter yeah. was awesome. Like, you know, why is it that movies are only showing, like, women? And I know it's for casting purposes, but that they only have one best friend. 
or everybody hangs out in a group and that was something I really like where she's like I have like five people that are my best friends are really close to me and like they all know each other because they love me and they know me but they don't all hang out we don't hang out yes. in a group everybody is everywhere and I feel like like that was when she was talking about that like that like when she was relatable she was so incredibly relatable and all of those pieces in there and um you know the things that people wrote I just yeah it was like Sometimes it was like, oh, does she, could she just have it a slightly better editor or a slightly more, I don't want to say better, a slightly more forceful editor. Um, yep. I, it definitely is clear she didn't have a ghostwriter, mm -hmm. but it was almost like she could have benefited slightly from a ghostwriter, but at the same, like, I don't know. I'm so on the fence about how I feel about ghostwriters in general mm -hmm. and uh, I don't know, but but yeah, like if she writes another one, I bet it would be better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And oh. and you know, it's like I said, it's like her charm is I think when she's trying to make things relatable, like like the whole section about celebrities celebrities that she's peed next to. Yeah. Yes, that was great. <laughs> I, that is adorable. And like, there's one line in there. I mean, she goes through like all these different people, like being, you know, next to like JLo and stuff like that. And, and some people didn't bother her. And the line that I love the most is when she said like the one person, not the one, but like she was a little intimidated peeing next to Deborah Messing because she was feeling a little gassy that day. <laughs> yes. And yes. I was like, yeah, like, like I can just like, it is such a simple line. She doesn't go into it. But all I could think was like, absolutely, you know, like <laughs> when you're in like a bathroom next to somebody else and you're sitting there, you're like, oh, like, and you know that they're, and, oh, she could, and I think it was quiet and it, they could hear yes. her. So it was like, oh my God, I've been there. Like, I know that <laughs> feeling. It may not be right next to Deborah Messing, but it has definitely been, you know, with other people in the room where you're just like, oh, what can I do? What can I do? So <laughs> I just, that was it. It was like, I, that's why I'm so torn. Um... And why it's like I I wanted to love it more, but the parts I loved I really really loved. So right. yeah. I think listening to it gives it a little better edge because yeah. it's just you hear it in her perky upbeat voice, mm -hmm. and it just kind of smooths out any of the edges that are like mm, that's a little rough. Yeah, that could have used a little bit more editing because. It's like, no, I feel like I'm sitting having a beer with you. Yes. This is fine. Yeah. I'd agree. The audiobook does help with that. That and also the sarcasm comes through or the jokes, you know, yeah. just yeah. the tone, getting yeah. to hear the tone does help. Yeah. yeah. That's why that's why I was curious, you know, and asking like those two parts of it. Because I think I would I would go back, especially I'd want to listen to the chapters that I really liked that she mm -hmm. read and hear her read them. And, you know, and then when it, cause it, then when it goes into real life and the part where she talks about her dog, like, I oh, loved, God, yeah. oh, my God, that whole thing about how she got her dog mm -hmm. and how, like, that, and the main reason they even saw the dog was because he had, he was speaking of Gassy, like, had, <laughs> right. you know, He's basically clouded them. puppy. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and that he, like, and that he judges everything and, like, judges yes. all the people. Yes. And judges all the people, like, in her life and judges her. And I just, it, it is such a delight. Like, yeah. I mean, I just, I, I loved all of that. Like, I could have... <laughs> 
I would have happily taken a couple more chapters on her adventures with her dog. Oh, like because it one hundred percent. I love that so much. And like when she brings the dog home, when he goes outside across the yard and just lays there and kind of looks back at her. I think <laughs> mm-hmm. Chief Brody and I had a moment where when I first brought him home because I picked him up. We, I brought him oh. home, we went for a walk, and then we went into the house, and I remember I sat on the floor with him, and there was, and he was sitting, like, across from me, and there was a clear moment where we were just kind of both looking at each other like, okay, now what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I've told this story on, and if I have, Stephanie, please let me know. Um, but, like, when I got Charlie, Charlie is so damn skittish, and he would always bolt for the door. And then one day, and this is like years after having him, he bolts out and like gets a foot out and stops and just looks up at me. And I could just see his little face going, oh shit, the food's in there. <laughs> and he just kind of looked, but he's like this look of like, he's like, but, and then he turns around and goes back inside and never had had a problem with him bolting out. Oh my out, God. Never had a had a problem with him coming when I call. I mean, it took, he was like three or four years old, but, and, and he was, there was a one snowstorm where I had a call from my sister because I had taken him to my mother's house preemptively and he had bolted out the door and he was terrified of my mother, but he would go to my sister because she kind of looks like me and I guess was like a similar enough, I think he had like hung out with her more. Mm -hmm. And so, like, four houses down in a bush in a snowstorm. And my sister's trying to get my dog out from a bush while I'm trying to come home from work. And, yeah, so now he's fine. He loves everybody. Chief Brody got out of the house once. I was leaving. And he does this still to this day where he'll, like, when we're getting ready to go, if we take too long to put on our coats and shoes and he sees that we're leaving – he gets like antsy and he'll bark at us like he doesn't want us to go. Oh. If you just get out, if you just go, he's like, ah, OK. <laughs> um, so he, Rats. this was like the first time that he had done it. And I was like, oh, it's OK. And I'll be back. I was going to work out and I opened this, the door and then the screen door and he just went right out. We'd only had him for a few months. I went sprinting <gasps> oh, no. after him. Keys Bone fell on the ground and I chased him like maybe halfway down the block. And then there was a moment where I was kind of next to him trying to grab him and he looked up at me and then he kind of just stopped like, okay, we'll go back. And then I had to pick him up (laughs) because I didn't have a leash, (laughs) like 20 pound dog. I'm like panting because I was not expecting to start sprinting in that moment. (laughs) And he's never done it again. He gets antsy and will bark at us, but he's never tried to actually run out. He's like, you will actually chase after me. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. All right, I'm okay. And how, fine. <laughs> how we got him is because animal control in another town found him and, like, people Aww. didn't claim. But he was clearly someone's dog. He was totally house trained. Yeah. He had a flea collar on. He just wasn't neutered. That was the only thing. So we were like, well, we're doing that because is that why you were trying to run out and stuff? So <laughs> pet cemetery. <laughs> Yeah. But yes, I loved her chapter about Buckley. Buckley. Yes. It is adorable. It yeah. is just, oh, yeah. I loved that she talked about him watching TV. Yes. Yes. And like, that he like looks at her at some point and she was like, I know he was about to say something. And then I felt like he was, he thought I wasn't ready. Yes. And I was like, oh, honey, I have been there. I have had the moment where Charlie, it's like 11 o'clock at night. He puts his paw on me, looks away from the TV and up at me like, why are we not in bed? Oh. Like, why are we still up? And I'm just like, I'm sorry. Okay, we can go. Chief Brody does that a lot. We learned very early on that he would not go to bed 
if one of us or both of us were up. Like we had a friend. I remember our friend George was over playing games. This dog's laying down, eyes red like a child, but he's fighting sleep. So (laughs) we opened the bedroom door, let him go in. He walked in, came back out. He wouldn't stay in there. And then, yeah, if one of us goes to bed early, he kind of ping pongs between the two. Or if one of us sleeps on the couch because we're sick, he'll go like he'll, you know, start off in one spot. And then the next morning he's with the other person. That's so great. Yeah. He's a sweetheart. Oh, that is the sweetest. Yeah. He's just like, you know, he's like, these are my people. And I have to like keep like if you guys are going to run out of the house, he would come and chase you down yeah, and carry exactly. you back if he could. <laughs> exactly, like, yes. he would be doing the exact same thing. Oh, my God. And I love I love when, when she referenced that because I've, I've been a cat person, but I fully understand it where she, she said that, yeah, she was completely convinced, as you said, that he was going to talk at that moment, but she wasn't ready. And she's like, I was not going to write this in the book because I don't want to be the crazy person that thinks that my dog is ready to talk to me. But she's like, but I've told enough people the story where I'm exactly, yeah. that my dog is ready to talk to me. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I've absolutely been there. Been there. Yep. Completely understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did also like, I think it was a different chapter where she, um, she's feeling lonely. Um, she mm-hmm. was off. I forget where or and what she was shooting, but she was lonely. Um, and she wanted to buy goldfish, and they talked her out of that. Yes. The pet store yes. guy talked her out of that. Apparently, goldfish will stink up the place. You have to clean their things a lot, which I yeah. didn't know. I, I don't I, remember that because we had, I had goldfish all like throughout like my young life, especially you'd go to a fair and yeah, you yeah. would win goldfish. And we would have Girl Scout yeah. fairs and my mom would always be the one in charge of going to get the goldfish. And then if we didn't have, if we, none of them, if, rather if we would always get a lot of goldfish because you would throw, throw the ping pong ball mm-hmm. into the cup and you would get that goldfish. And we always had extra. So like we always <laughs> had like after every fair, like we had so many goldfish. That's then so we had like, have you ever seen bubble? like goldfish no i don't know oh my are these like the cartoonish looking ones yeah like they, they, okay. they're, they're really cute and like they're they're these goldfish but, but like it's like the bubble is over each eye and it would be funny it's like they're like my mom would be like they're like puppies because they would you know they'd you put they only did it a small bowl and they would just if you were sitting near them they would just come over over to the side and watch you like whatever you were doing like hey like, hey. That's amazing. I just, so, looked, I just looked them up. I've never had one of those. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're very cute. My, um, I keep thinking I want to get fish. I said the same thing, but I think it's because I just want to name pets fun things from movies and books that I like. <laughs> yes. And I don't want more than one dog at a time. <laughs> I also yes. can't have more than one dog at a time where we live right now. <laughs> yeah, I debated a cat recently because, like, someone in the city had kittens and they mm-hmm. were giving away cats for free and I was like yes let's do this and then I was like I am so lucky to have a dog that like only needs base medical mm-hmm. attention yeah. only needs occasional vet checkups he never really gets sick and I know that if I get another animal it is going to be the sickest dog or cat <laughs> oh, or yeah. whatever and I can't like I can't yeah so I know they are fine there we, go. we go to the park he plays with the dogs there I keep wanting to get a kitty friend for Chief Brody, but I also don't know how Chief Brody would react to a kitty friend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If only he could talk and tell you how he feels about the situation. He'd probably be like, eh, 
because sometimes when we're walking, he'll see a cat and he'll try to go for it. Other times he'll see it and just keep walking. And other times he doesn't see it at all. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> Charlie is fascinated by cats, but also terrified of them. Aww. And I have videos of him because especially this past Christmas, I, I took him home with me. And my mom has a cat Aww. named Maserati who is like twice the size of Charlie Aww. and could like like hunts him and like <laughs> stalks him from above but also like if charlie sees him he hides oh and so i have video of like the stare-offs of like maserati poking his head around the door and charlie barking but neither of them get within like more than a foot and a half of each other oh. and so i'm just like if you guys got near each other does this work right because i can't get a cat until i know yeah <laughs> yeah yeah oh. and my mom's like you're not no <laughs> so i get it <laughs> Yeah, I think maybe if we had a bigger place, because I, I am also allergic, well, I'm allergic to cats, and Chris is allergic to dogs. <laughs> um, Chief Brody was not allowed in the bedroom because of that, and when he came home from his neuter with that cone, Chris was like, maybe he can come in the bedroom, maybe he can come on the bed, and that was six years ago. <laughs> One time. Um, One time. <laughs> so we just needed, like, a bigger place so that, because I got used to his parents' cat, you know. No problem. Yeah. Allergy medicine every now and then. Um, but yeah, but but 24 seven is a slightly different situation. Yeah, sure. I think Keep I would mind. I've had friends who like their daughters or whatever were allergic and they just kind of got used to it over time. So it's like, gotcha. I think I could. Um, yeah. But I did Lots relate. Yeah, <laughs> I did relate to Judy Greer when she was talking about being lonely didn't get the goldfish mm -hmm. and then went to her friend's place and was trying to like bribe the cat to sleep with her <laughs> even yes! though she is allergic yes, yes! <laughs> i was like oh i get oh. that just wanting to cuddle it even though it's gonna make you sneeze <laughs> exactly what's well, and speaking of the loneliness like the the episode the episode i don't know why i keep calling it episode. it's because i watch way too much is. television it's, like many, it's many little it is not essays yeah so episodes yeah. makes more sense yeah um, when she talks about going to the, she always wanted to be the person that travels on her own. And so she goes to Barcelona by herself Oh yeah, and is, has this like miserable time. But the thing is like, I went to Barcelona by myself, uh, several years ago and, um, right before I had, was staying in London with a cousin. We went to Dublin, we came home, we came back and I got up super early the next morning and went back out and went to Barcelona, not realizing that I had caught the flu um in that Jesus. thing which i found out from her like later on when i got back and she had been like in her like apartment the whole time like barely able to move but i was oh. in barcelona so i was like well i'm here every every day i was like maybe i'll go back today but um they i just like everything she was talking about just feeling alone and like all out of sorts also part of the reason why i felt out of sorts was um, I went to the uh pharmacy and i can speak spanish but i um was so sick and my my throat was so sore and I was so nauseous that I just literally walked in and like pointed at my head and my throat and stomach and went tengo dolores aquí y aquí y aquí and so he gave me the farmers gave me like like lozenges and a cough medicine and the cough medicine so I could function but I was really tired like I was wired and tired at the same time so I when I got back um, to London. I don't know if it was London or when I got back home to New York. I looked at the ingredients because it was a German cough medicine that had both codeine and ephedrine in it. So, <laughs> oh my! <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And I felt like that just explained, like, once I saw that, I was like, oh, that. Makes that sense. is why. It was probably incredibly effective. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Like, I mean, it really helped. You know, it was like that. And I, it was the first time I was, like, traveling abroad and being like, thank God for Starbucks for one reason alone, which is I could get a tea and leave with it. Like, every other yes. cafe, you're just sitting there with it. And so, but, um, excuse me, like, walking around this city and taking, like, buses and, and all stuff and, like, feeling very sick and very alone and very sad and, like, what have I done? And, you know, and she's telling this story and, you know, the taxi cab driver taking her to a restaurant. He's And, you know, he's like, oh, are you meeting a you know, boyfriend or family or whatever? She's like, no, I'm alone. And he'd never heard the word alone before and just <laughs> keeps repeating alone, alone. And he's like, what does this mean? Can you define it? And you're using it in sentences yes. in that, like, way of just, like, yes. Okay, universe, I get it. I'm alone. And it's like, I, that part I related to when it's like, when you feel like everything in the world is just reminding you of how alone you are. It's like, yes, yes, I get it. I get it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Him using it in the different yeah. sentences. I was like, please mm-hmm. stop. Please stop. Please stop. Yeah. <laughs> like my heart, like broke for her and like, was just yeah. like, but also cringing. And I know that she said like some point, she just started laughing at the whole surreal, like, you know, insanity of it all. And, you know, again, like that, like when she is just kind of telling a story and making it relatable and not even making it relatable. That's, that's why I think her gift is like, she's not trying to make it relatable. It's just like the way that when she tells it in this way, you're just like, oh my God, like I am right there with you. Like mm-hmm. I completely <laughs> understand that. But yeah, the poor girl. I I felt like I was in that taxi cab with her. Yes, with this, yes. you know, taxi cab driver alone. Like, so you were alone? No. Because I think she's like, I'm alone. I have no one. He's like, you're alone. You have no one. You have no yes. one. You're alone. And it's like, oh, you poor girl. <laughs> he you did have dinner girl. with her, though. <laughs> no, he offered. He to did offer her to have dinner. Yes, she did offered. turn him down. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there were a couple of things from this book that I was like, these are really great life lessons that I don't think you're trying to. One of them, she was like, this is what we should do in life. But the Barcelona trip, I was like, you know what? I've never been out of the country. But I remember the first time I went to New York on my own. Mm-hmm. And it was, and, and like, I'm very good. I go to the movies by myself. I've had meals by myself. Like, it's not a big deal. But being in a place where you're like, I don't know. I know maybe three people. And um, where do I eat? And this is like, for me, I mean, New York, obviously, you know, speak English. But like, it was my first time in Brooklyn and things mm-hmm. like that. And it was just like, what have I done? done yeah (laughs) but it made it a lot easier to eventually like move out of you know my the hometown I was in and things like that so I it's one of those things where I'm like yeah it sucks (laughs) and you have a moment of like I want to get on the first flight and go home but also I think it's a really really great building moment for you yeah and like you don't have to leave the country for it because oh my god I don't know what I've done that's outside of the country that would be leave oh, <laughs> like because I I should speak Spanish and I don't speak as much Spanish as I as I should. Um, but going to like Spain or some even somewhere where they speak English just by myself, I would probably feel a lot like her. Like okay, daytime is fine, and now at night, I don't know about this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my first time. I was thankfully I was in grad school. I didn't think about it. Yeah, I was in grad school and like did an Airbnb where I like rented a room in an apartment which was very weird, <laughs> but it was super cheap. And like, it was in Astoria or like right south of Astoria. And I remember telling the woman being like, 
I'm a homebody and like I get that you're probably going to go out every night. Please just don't judge me. Like I'm probably going to get food and then come back and like study or watch Netflix because like this is what yeah, I do. I'm and she way. just was like she's like okay. <laughs> I I am the same way. Like but I it's it's interesting cuz I Have you guys I have either of you been to LA? No. No. I had the chance to last year and unfortunately could not. Okay, so I am not a fan of LA. Like I, and, and, it, and it has nothing to do with LA in and of itself. It's ever since I was little, like, have you ever been to a place and just been like, oh, I do not belong here. And yes. I felt like that at eight years old. Like it just, it was an uncomfortable space. Whereas like when I went to Dublin, I was like, oh my God, like this is <laughs> like, I really felt like I had come home. Um, but the thing about LA is that I find uh, especially when I'm comparing it to New York and not in a one's better or one's worse is LA is such a car culture and you yes, have to have a destination. You know, it's like you have to, you have to have a destination. So if you're there, if you're there with like sightseeing, that's great, you know? And, but if you're there by it is comparing being in New York by yourself and being in like LA by yourself, I feel like if you're in New York, everybody's walking around. Everybody's like, you know, on the train or whatever. You can actually have conversations with people that you may have never had before. But it's like when you're in L.A., you really have to rent a car. Um, you need to know where you're going. Like you and because traffic is such a, a pain in the ass, you need to make plans with people. And I have a decent amount of friends in L.A., but it's a, a thing of like, OK, you know, and then like like plans change or whatever. And there's places I like to go, but I always feel so lonely when I am there because there isn't like somebody I can turn to and be like oh is this you know even if I just needed to have conversation for a second of where am I staying you know like oh is this the directions to this and and just seeing people and that's why I it's hard even in Barcelona it was like as lonely as I was as, and because and I could barely talk like I could get myself out for as long and I spend a lot of time in my hostel but it was like I could do that and then like still have a conversation with somebody even if it was just you know I am going to exchange this good but I was like I saw people all the time yeah 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 no I planned my trip to LA and I remember posting on Facebook, like asking questions and like people were like, it's not a walkable city. I was like, how is a city not walkable? Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. It's not like, like logically still baffles me. And I don't know if I'm ever going to go out to L.A. There's so many parts of California I want to explore. L.A. is not high on that list. Yeah. San Francisco is <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's what I hear. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's very nice the other kind of life advice she gave was that like everybody should do a year waiting tables yes and like I've never actually waited tables I bartended for a year but I worked customer service and like food service at a movie theater and I feel like it's all kind of intertwined like you need to work at a job where you're going to get shit on Mm -hmm. so that you can appreciate like what these people do for you at a later point in life it may also make you hate people because I hated people yes. after working at yes. Six Flags for even one summer. Stupidly, I went back for a second summer. <laughs> I don't know why. Wow. We so I did it my let's see the summer after I graduated high school. Worked at Six Flags New England in Aguam, and I met uh, Amy. She had also just graduated. Another Amy. She had also just graduated from high <laughs> school, and she was 
she ended up going, I forget where she went for her first year of college, uh, but she ended up transferring to UMass where I went. Um, and then both of us were lazy and didn't try to find other jobs. And we knew we could go <laughs> back there. And I think we both immediately realized we had made big mistakes and then <laughs> did not go People back for terrible. a, right, right. Did not go back for a third summer, but it does definitely make you appreciate what people in these types of jobs mm-hmm. deal with every day yeah oh completely completely i i did primarily retail so mm-hmm. i didn't work in food service but um you know i both when i was in college i worked at a bookstore with a very small bookstore um but there is a very large outlet designer mall near me so i was working there in high school and then one summer I did maintenance there, so it was nice to be outside. But oh my goodness, people are so people are disgusting. Cause you know, mm. maintenance like you're going, you're cleaning oh, yeah. the bathrooms, you're doing this. And I worked with my best friends, so it was great. We had a blast. But oh my god, people are terrible and people are disgusting. And the amount of people and it, it is there's a lot of it's a very international clientele. So it's everybody. It's like you know Americans and like you know people who are not American, so I'm blaming everybody for this. But it was like, the you know, people who would just literally have their children, like, like, outside, outside, because it's an outdoor mall, just squat and poop outside. Oh, no. And you're just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, it's bad enough that you're going to have them pee, but okay, you got a little kid, I get it. Like, you know, you got a little boy who's like, and the line of the bathroom is a pain in the ass, because at the time there were very few bathrooms. I get that. But yeah, people are gross. People so, are very gross. So yeah. gross. Bathroom duty was always a sign that you had pissed off a manager. Mm. And, yeah. Yeah. We, uh, God, I just, don't miss those days. No. no. Well, the sometimes. But... Hmm. One of the things I, I hated was um, we had like the straw dispenser in a box and you'd press the little tabs and it would drop down. <laughs> People couldn't figure this out. So they would stick their <laughs> dirty, they'd lit, take the top off and stick their dirty ass oh, hands no. in. Oh. Which meant, throw all these out because I'm not I wouldn't want to drink out of this straw you know so we and I would like to just state the reaction that both Megan and I had was the Kevin like you know home alone like no (laughs) it it says push like look but we so we kind of got in trouble because we taped the lid on and then Mm -hmm. took a permanent marker which it was is hard to see and wrote push with like arrows on it and then I think I made a sign for everything because I also got annoyed with people <laughs> asking me questions when there was a menu above my head. So I basically made almost a mini menu, although my prices had tax. <laughs> Just hold it up. <laughs> yep. And then one of the big managers, they came for something and saw the signs through those away throughout the straw dispensers. But Amy took them out of the trash, cleaned them up. She has one, or she, I think she had to get rid of hers, but I still have mine on our bar. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's amazing. Well, I think, uh, I think, like, you know, going back to the book, because one of the things I thought was really charming was she was talking about when she got her car in high school, and she and her friend, like, made, like, these little clay figurines hanging on the rope, and her friend broke hers, yeah. but she's like, I've had it, I've never been, like, knock wood, all of the stuff, it's mm-hmm. lucky, so I feel like you need to keep that yep. straw yes. dispenser oh, like I'm no matter what you do like because it's, it's just gonna bring all the good stuff yeah we also it, uh, may have commandeered a couple boxes of straws that uh <laughs> as you those, <laughs> those lasted until like chris and i were living together so that would have been a couple few years after college 
and they finally ran out. Wow. It's <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, I would say um, if there was commandeering being done, uh, we commandeered uh, tampons, ah, which is also really sense. good when you're, when you're yeah. cleaning out ladies' bathrooms. Commandeering, you know, tampons worked yeah. out really well. Yeah. Worked out really well. I do have to say about her car when she was talking about how she forget to turn off the lights. And oh. I was like, oh, I did this. I know how to jump start my car perfectly fine because <laughs> yes. of this. And then she's like, I put sticky notes everywhere. And I was like, oh, this is like my desk. <laughs> it's covered in sticky notes. And then she's like, and then the sticky note would become part of it. So I'd forget to look at it or that mm-hmm. it means anything. So I'd put another sticky note. And I was like, this is me. <laughs> I like that I've better. Oh, I'm sorry, what? I was just going to say, I've gotten better because, like, at some point you're like, I work in downtown New York and, like, I'm 30 years old. This is a little embarrassing. <laughs> like, I need to get my shit together. But at the same time, it's like, I've got to have that damn sticky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My my favorite part of that was where she was talking about how she would forget it. And so she got really good at jumping cards. And, when th- and she was asking people all the time. And if somebody said no... Like, oh, yeah, because after she'd gotten her own jumper cables, because other people didn't always have them, and if people said no, she would get irrationally annoyed yeah. with them. Like, listen, I know how to jump a car. I can get this done really quickly. Yeah. She's like, sure, it's my fault and everything, but how dare you not let me charge my car from you? Exactly. Oh. Like, why would you? I mean, granted, when my car, right before I wrecked it into the ground, like, if I had given a jump to someone, it probably would have actually killed my car. Oh. But I also would have explained that. Like, yeah, it was yeah. one of those things where, like, if I stopped, like, we had to turn off the air conditioner because the car would start to shake. And I was like, yeah, you're on your last leg. Like, it happens. Yeah, your car, no no jumps from your car. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Car, no. Yes. I, yeah. So, like, I get saying no, but I also would have been like, yeah. but here's why. Yes, because my and car will, will stay die. with you. My car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I will keep you company because, like, you shouldn't be standing here alone. Right. Right. My favorite what? thing about that was... I've never left the lights on in my car, but Chris left the lights on in my car. And my, <laughs> um, I think I had some late start for work. I think I was going. To, I was going to central office for some. This was at an old job, um, so I had. I didn't have to be there till nine thirty, and it was closer than my actual office. I was like, I got all this time. I had planned to get up early and go to the gym. That didn't happen. I slept in. But I got to my car, and it was, was it a 2001? I think it was a 2001 Kia Sophia. I didn't have, like, an alarm, so, you know, I just turned the key, and I was like, oh, that's weird. Usually when I unlock my driver's side door, I hear all the rest of them unlock, and that didn't happen. Turned the key, put the key in, turned it, nothing happened. He had driven me home the day before. Because we went to the Big E. It's this big fair in Massachusetts. Um, and we picked up my sister. And her and I went on this ride. I think it was like the Scrambler or the Spider or something where your cart is spinning as it's like mm-hmm. jerking around. Scrambler. It killed us. Like our brains were dead. It, we <laughs> Like migraine, almost migraine level headaches from that. Like we left very oh, shortly no. thereafter. And he drove and he forgot to turn the lights off. So... I called him and then I called Trip. I was like, yeah, my lights off. <laughs> my car is dead. So I called. I love that that's the first thing. First Let's call like, him. Who did this? Yeah. Actually, I might have called AAA first. I don't know. I probably called him. But then I called AAA and this guy came and gave me a jump. You know, he texted me when he was outside because we were in an apartment complex. He gave me a jump, whatever. I was good to go. And then I got a text from the AAA guy like a half an hour later. I was like, hey, this is Matt. I was the AAA guy. I just wanted to know if you wanted to get dinner sometime. <laughs> oh! And you should be like, I don't know. 
will you leave my lights off? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, no, thanks. But then I was like, Chris, leave my lights on again. I'm leaving you for Matt. He's got a <laughs> portable battery. <laughs> this is amazing. I hear that, that if you're listening. I fully supported that situation. Wow. Yep. Oh, that's fantastic. That's what I think of every time lights being left on comes up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is such a good thing to rub, like, rub in and, like, hold over him. I love that. That is, oh. Oh, and apparently Chris can hear me because I got a text of a picture of him making a face. He's in the bedroom he keeping the dog company. <laughs> he knows who Matt is. Um, speaking of dates, the way she met her husband and her living situation is amazing. So, like, the best of kind of every world. Mm-hmm. So, this is... I want to get this out of the way. Okay. then we can enjoy the rest of it. <laughs> Because that, yeah, the the meeting her husband is crazy. And their date, I was just so absolutely charmed by. And and the living situation, I think, is amazing, too. Because I was like, this is the best of, like, all the worlds. Two things. It really annoyed me that she kept using his first and last name. Like, to a degree where I was like, what the I fuck is wrong that. with you? Oh. Dean Johansson. Dean Johansson. Dean Johansson. Dean Johansson. And like in like and then occasionally she would say Dean. I'm like, see, you're capable of this. Judy Greer. Did she you're capable of just writing the word Dean? Like once or twice. And I was like, this is like it was cute when she would like reference like seeing Matt Damon or like feeling like she was in one of the Bourne movies, because I do that. Um <laughs> it's like, you know, I yeah, I I'm obsessed with the Bourne movies. But anyway, but like, you know, okay, you mentioned that and obviously this, but like even later on, like when she's like talking about they've been married and she's talking about their stepkids and she keeps referring to Dean Johansson. I was like, you know what? Here's the thing. I know that you're completely in love with him. That's awesome. But he's probably like, like he's not really important to anybody else, you know, except for his family and his friends, you know, but it's like, I don't care. You don't need to keep telling me his first and last name. And then I really didn't care about the chapter about feeding her stepchildren. Like I was like, "Eh." I I liked it because she could have not cared about her stepkids and it kind of was like showing that it kind of shoved her into being an adult in ways that she wasn't like she didn't know how to cook or like relate to kids in the slightest i um i think it could have been done in a different way because like there was so many other parts of it that i like like i i'm not objecting to her talking about her stepkids like and i thought it was really interesting how she was talking about how you know, the ex-wife and the sheriff and, like, you know, all of that part was, like, really super adorable. But it just felt like it was such a long chapter. And it was, I was like, yes. I, again, could have had more chapters on her dog, like, <laughs> than, than this whole thing. But, um, but yeah, so, but those were, like, those, those two things really soured me um, on that section I mean, and I actually really related to the, the last chapter too but let's go back because the date is amazing like where so she meets her so she and her husband met on an actual blind date which part of me is now like maybe I should try this yeah just like 
an actual blind date rather than like any kind of online dating. I've got some guy friends. Maybe they can set me up with people. Mm-hmm. This is, by the way, I have a few of them that listen. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't. This is not being serious. Anyway. <laughs> Um, and she talks about, like, she doesn't Google them at all, and they, like, genuinely talk on the phone, and given when they got married, this isn't something that happened in, like, the 90s, this is something that happened within the last 10, maybe 15 years at the most, so, I want to say it's in the last 10 years where it's, like, online dating was a thing, Mm -hmm. texting was a thing, and yet she sat there and talked about how... She they had had weeks of talking on the phone and like she kind of fell in love with his personality yeah. before she ever met him, and that was great. And then they talk about the actual date where they're at a restaurant, and they both come out of the bathroom. She comes out of the bathroom, <laughs> and she's standing there waiting for him to come out of the bathroom in a and dark hallway too. In yes. a dark hallway, and there's like a guy waiting for his girlfriend to come out. And they, like, keep looking at each other and, like, not talking. And she's like, God damn, he is taking forever. And then he leans over and he's like, so should we go? And it's, like, this really wonderful, like, I could see it in a movie. Yes. Awkward. Like, and thankfully, like, both of them admit they couldn't quite remember what the other person looked like. I loved that. I was cracked. I, I heard that chapter and I was cr- Racking up when she got to that yes. part of like, oh shit, I forgot what my date looks like. <laughs> <laughs> because I did also like, like too where she's when she's like, oh, he's taking forever, and then she did sort of like a spiral. Like I think I would have like, oh wait, was I supposed to meet him outside? Was he going to the yes, ballet? Yes. What was the plan? Like that yes. was very relatable. And oh, nope, he's standing right next to you. Especially, yeah, especially in a day like like this day and age, like. I just met up with some friends that I've met through podcasting and stuff this past weekend. And like, I had a moment, I always have a moment before I meet someone where I'm like, are, am I going to recognize them? Are they going to look like their profile picture? Yeah. And yeah. thankfully, like the moment Ryan Lynch was one of them. And I was like, that's Ryan Lynch. Like, it looks like Ryan Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> Completely at ease after that point. <laughs> yeah. So, cause yeah, it's, it is always a moment of like, Oh God, but I've never ever had a moment where I'm like, I don't remember what my date looks like. <laughs> uh, can't say that that's happened. <laughs> the hallway was probably really dark. <laughs> yes. So they met. So he had been divorced w- once. Mm-hmm. He has two kids. He lives about, what, an hour or two outside of Hollywood and like around the corner from his ex-wife and I don't remember which grandparent it is. I think it's but... his mom, I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and his ex-wife is like the sheriff of this town who is also married to... Shit, I can't remember. I don't She's know living who she married. Did they... I don't know if they mentioned who she was married to. No, because there's a moment where it says she's living with... It's the sheriff that's living with... I want to say the deputy, but it was... what? Come, what's higher than the sheriff? I don't know. There was a moment where I was like, oh, it's two cops. And now I'm going to have to find I it. would think the deputy would be lower because yeah. I shot the sheriff, but I did not shoot the deputy. I feel like right. he would I be don't shooting think it was a the authority, but not yes. the underling. I'm just putting that out there. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to see if I can find it. On the, but, um, can I just, uh, just quickly, going back to yeah. the not being able to recognize people. Um, so 
I, for the past several years, have blue hair everywhere. Not everywhere, but my whole head. Like, I used to just have stripes of it. <laughs> so, um, which is great because if I'm meeting with people, like you said, like, you know, that I know primarily from, like, online or whatever, just friends, I'm recognizable. However, um, having blue hair, I am recognizable. And I have run into people that maybe went to my gym or maybe went somewhere else and like, oh, my God, how are you? I'm like great and it is I, I i've gotten really good at playing it off but it is kind of really sad and embarrassing because i think i can generally recognize people but the amount of times that i know somebody else recognizes me and the only it, it's not my face it's my hair and i am just like i really don't know what to do here so it's, it's awkward on both sides awkward awkward yes. on both sides i found it um so when they got married, she talked to her husband about um, selling the rights to ABC of their story. That's right. And it says, LA actress meets the man of her dreams who lives 50 miles outside of the city with his two kids. His ex-wife is a sheriff, lives with the sergeant, and Dean's mom, with the same name as me, lives a few blocks away. I completely yes, forgot so. about that part about the sergeant. Yeah, yeah me too. which again, I'm assuming they're married. That is like a really stupid assumption to make so and i don't think it's ever mentioned again it was just something that like i caught on to this time but yeah like she and the ex-wife get along which is great and honestly like a sign that probably they're going to be fine and i say this and tomorrow it's gonna be like judy Greer's getting the divorce i'm gonna be like oh shit my god when i i finished listening to it on the way home like the last little bit of it and I was t- Chris asked how it was. I said, oh, it's good. I said, I really hope her and her husband are still together. Because at least as of this recording, she really loves him. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, would they be, do you think they're divorced? Like, I don't know. I just worry now. <laughs> it's really sad, like, to hear people, like, I did on a Ferris's um, memoirs oh. earlier this year. Yeah. And, like, Chris Pratt wrote the opening. He did. And they got divorced or separated, like, a month before the book came out and I was like this yeah. is awkward oh wow and clearly they redid the introduction oh. because of this it's still a really great introduction mm-hmm. but it's yeah. clearly no longer like my wife is absolutely amazing it's just like Anna is a really really amazing person oh. so, wow yeah it's yeah wow um so she lives in LA and her I was about to say her ex-husband her husband her lives husband. 50 yeah. miles outside yes. of and they, even when they got married, they ended up keeping both houses. Mm-hmm. And when he has the kids, they're at his house. And when they don't, they're in L.A. Because he actually does work in L.A. Yeah. And I love this. I love that so much. Yes. Like, part of me is like, when you get mad, you just have an entire house to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would so, seriously would so be about that. Because I feel like I am such a creature of habit at this point. Yes. That I... I like that. You know, I like having like two different worlds and you get to be mm-hmm. together when you want to be together. And I feel like there's other couples like that, you know, cele- I'm sure there's plenty of people in the world that do this, but like celebrity couples that I feel like artist couples that are just like, yeah, we had separate living arrangements because, and we, we wanted to spend the time together, but it, like you said, it makes more sense. 
this way they you know they they've got the kids and and they didn't want to take the kids away also from their support system of mm. their mom and their grandma and all of that stuff in their school and it would be kind of insane for her to drive 2 hours every time like she has an audition or nice. something else so or him um, just yeah. going to work yeah 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 i think didn't he say he like and i had for many years, I had a two-hour commute door to door, so that was four it's hours like, back and forth, ugh. and it was, you know, and it it's was convoluted. Painful. It was like drive to the train station, be in the train, then take another subway, then like walk up like eleven blocks. And I had my timing in my head, like I knew that I need to leave at the latest by five thirty-five to be able to make the six twenty-three train. Like that's yeah. how everything was nailed, and it's exhausting. They're just not having that. Like, will actually take stress out of your life and mm. help your relationship. Oh, yeah. Exactly, yes. So, I am all about... Honestly, like, I've never been married, and I've never lived with a boyfriend, seriously. Like, Mm -hmm. I've had male roommates and everything. And I lived with my best friend for a few years. And honestly, I could almost see, like, being happy with a marriage that kind of had a similar setup. Where it was like, you know have your own bedroom there's nothing wrong with that you can also call it your office with a bed i don't care like it is your living space yeah Yeah. and like not saying that like i don't like sharing a bed because i actually like i do it's nice but i share my bed right now with like a five pound dog (laughs) and one the dude's gonna have to be okay with that and two (laughs) charlie's going to have to be okay with that (laughs) and i don't know how that's going to work out either way but also like because I've been single so long, or at least, like, haven't cohabitated and shared a bed, like, I really spread out. And so does the fucking five-pound mm-hmm. dog. I was just <laughs> going to say. <laughs> he takes up more, yes, I'm talking about you, more bed than, it, it's like, how? How did you suddenly, how am I on the edge? Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 I had that with cats. cats. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, cats, cats, see, they change. They're like water where it's like or like goo cats have elasticity whereas like dogs feel more solid where it's like this is the amount of space you take up and it should never change as for cats i'm like how do you keep growing for 10 years i had so i had these sister kittens that the vet tricked me into taking um after my (laughs) my first cat had died from kidney disease and so i told them no more cats no more cats i was brokenhearted and I went to go pick up her ashes and like, oh, we'll get all your paperwork. But while you're sitting here, here, and handed me two three-month-old kittens. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever hung out with three-month-old kittens. They're adorable. They're and, so cute. And Pulled they were right in. <laughs> one, and how they look so different. One was a calico that had no tail. And oh. one was like a Maine Coon with a tail that would actually go up her belly and wrap around her neck. It was like, they were like opposites, but they were, they were oh best God. friends on top of each other. And they grew into giant cats. Oops. And... Uh, I will not go into the very long story of, of their stupid names, but my brother was living home at the time and we couldn't agree on names. So um, they ended up being called, the, the main Coonish one was um, Fuzzy. And the uh, Calico, from the moment she walked in the house, was like demanding food and all of this stuff and very loud and boisterous. And so my brother would say to her, why are you such a piggy piggy? Stop being such a piggy piggy. Oh. And it stuck. <laughs> So my cats were named Piggy, Piggy, and Fuzzy. And so Piggy, Piggy, well, just Piggy or the pig, um, was my best friend. Like, literally, she was my shadow. She was, like, any, like, as soon as I got home, like, she was eyeing how quickly she could be in my lap. 
and she never really got over that whole wanting all the food. And we weren't, you know, we were away, and like so we just put you food feel out guilty. for them. Yeah. Uh, at some point, she reached twenty three pounds and oh still God. had to be on top of me all of the time. Mm-hmm. And in fact, sometimes if I was laying on my back, like on the couch, she would she would obviously lay on my chest. And then if I'd be like, oh, I'm going to like be really smart and I'm going to lay on my side. She would therefore then very agilely climb herself up and line herself down. And she would go from like my bra line all the way down to my thigh. Like she was a huge fat cat. And so it was like everywhere. Like, you know, so, so I know what you're saying. Fluid. She was solid. Like she was a solid. Talking about like when... With um, with your dog stretching out, Chief Brody does the same. Um, <laughs> and we we need a bigger bed. We have a full size. It's time to upgrade because that dog, yeah. like, need to he'll upgrade. go between us and, like, sometimes he'll curl up, but then other times he'll kind of, like, stretch out and then really stretch out. So depending on which side <laughs> you're on, you either get his back pushed into you or all four paws. It goes either way. <laughs> Oh, so you need to upgrade. I know yeah, we, at do. Least a queen, we do. My friend, at least a queen. Oh no, and yeah, at least, a... at least. If we ever had, oh, like... we need to go California King now. <laughs> yeah, just and it's mostly for Chief Brody. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but there is something to be said to like with their live with um, Judy Greer and her husband's living arrangement. Um, like sometimes it's nice when one of us is not it's nice when one of us is sick but when that a person is sleeping mm-hmm. on the couch or like you kind of have the house to yours like because right now chris's yeah. work schedule is off for mine sometimes so sometimes it's nice to have the house to myself a little bit yes. so yes. yeah i get that yeah yeah i like that they're very clearly in love but she doesn't make it sound like he's kind of her world mm-hmm. yeah um, and having the living situation the way it is, it kind of adds to that layer. And it, it just feels healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so nice. Yeah. Like goals. Like goals to strive for. Absolutely. Because yes. like... You might need to... Yeah. When, uh, when Chris and I got married, we didn't have like a wedding party. We canceled the big wedding and had a small wedding and the guests were immediate family and the people who were going to be in the wedding party and their right. significant others. Our niece was still the flower girl. Um, nice. So we've been living together for like four years by that point. So it's like, well, we're just going to spend the night together the night before and get ready together. So that's what we did. <laughs> like, cause I was like, ah, like I sleep better when I, when he's here because that's what we've been doing for four years. So yeah, let's yeah. just get ready together. But now it's been, been living together for 10 years. I'm like, yeah, you can sleep on the couch or I'll sleep on the couch. <laughs> Just for a little you space. Might, you might need to have a talk after after we finish recording. Like, hey. We don't have a second bedroom, thinking. though. We are in a one bedroom. <laughs> yeah. be like, but we need a second house. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, no. Screw the second bedroom. We need a second house. Okay. Like, that okay. is... It's just somehow rent out the condo next to us. We can knock down. <laughs> the, yeah, we'll leave the wall up. I was going to say, we can knock down the wall, but no, we'll leave the wall up. No, no, leave the wall there up. There you go. Leave the wall up. Yeah. Um, Maybe put a door between I, the Yeah, I was just yeah. going to say. <laughs> Speaking of weddings, her is it Walgreens or Reddit? I don't, or maybe she doesn't oh, even say. Yeah, but her drugstore therapy is the best. so relatable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even like on her wedding day, she's like there yes. with her maid or her bridesmaids, like walking up and down buying little presents and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, which is another added thing of like how much she loves her husband. But it's like I still have a life where she's like 
everybody talks at the wedding about how, you know, you need to make time with your husband. Yes. She's like, but what about my friends? Yeah. And I was yes. like, oh. Because you do so get that great. advice a lot, and we didn't. <laughs> but but you, that's like everyone was like, take a few minutes, just the two of you. And it's like, okay. But I loved what she did with her friends. Because, like, this makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. the thing that I thought was really lovely, and I don't know if I read it wrong, but when she said – she walked up and down the aisles buying her friend's favorite things. And yes. then as time went on and she was using all like their favorite lotion, their favorite shampoo, mm-hmm. like it brought her back to these like really lovely memories of that day. And yeah. I thought that was just so beautiful. Like so, yeah. so incredibly beautiful. Yeah. yeah. That made and me really happy. I'd have to steal that if I ever get married. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another so. thing. I related to was so I looked it up online it looks like they got married in 2011 mm-hmm. okay. so the book came out in 2014 and at one point she says something about hopefully I'll have a wedding album printed out by the time this book comes out <laughs> we got married it'll be six years for us on May 27th and we still have not printed our wedding album <laughs> but you at least know where the pictures are oh like, are yeah the we have the disc okay. and well, his sister and her husband were our photographers, so we have the disc, okay. and then we have like the sample book, which I was like, "This just has all the pictures." <laughs> like, <laughs> I know exactly. Like, if you've got that, why do you have to go crazy yeah. doing anything else? I didn't. I so my in-laws, Chris's parents, had pictures from our wedding like up in their house because their daughter did like she sent them the thing my dad and my stepmom and then my mom and my stepdad didn't get framed pictures from us until probably a couple Christmases ago I was like oh Christmas (laughs) gift I got this we've been married for like three years but here you go (laughs) we're not great at planners that's actually part of why we canceled the big wedding we didn't want it and then two neither of us wanted to plan we just we didn't like it (laughs) that makes sense how far out did you cancel it Ugh. So our anniversary, like our dating anniversary was May 27th. So we wanted to get married that day because it was a Saturday of Memorial Day weekend that that year. Um, so it was December, the December before that we canceled it. So it was like six months. And it was because it, we were supposed to send more money and I didn't want to. And to like the big, <laughs> to the hall because we had put it yeah. on a deposit. But I was talking to a friend at a Christmas party about um, this butterfly conservatory near where we went to school, which is the area that we wanted to get married in anyway, but didn't see an air, like a hall or a hotel that we liked for the big wedding. So mm-hmm. called up the butterfly conservatory. They do weddings. I call up the public house in Sturbridge. I'm like, I got to cancel my wedding. The woman who answered was like, oh my God. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me get whoever she had to get. Like she was freaking out for me and I'm just like, Okay. <laughs> and did you play up the like we broke up thing? I didn't. I when the woman the woman who was in charge came on, she asked like she was like, "Okay, so you're canceling. Can I ask what happened?" And I was like, "Oh, we just don't want to still want to have a big wedding. <laughs> like everything's fine." <laughs> she was like, "Okay." <laughs> I think she was expecting more of a salacious story. Yeah. Yes. And and you know that the first woman has probably very unexpectedly dealt with a sobbing, sobbing, like, ride or room or whatever, and was, like, not prepared for it. For a perky person, like, yeah, we just just don't want to get married there. (laughs) And you know, you know you made somebody's day, because there was somebody out there that probably really wanted to get married. It was Saturday and Memorial Day weekend, and, yeah, wanted that. Yep. You were kind. You were it kind is. and generous yes, to a stranger. Very giving. Actually, this yeah. year it's a Sunday, 
and our best friend is getting married that day in Rhode Island. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yes. That'll be awesome. Yeah. So when I found out the date, I was like, Chris, we are partying. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, we're going to drive to Rhode Island, park the car, and then we're taking a lift everywhere because we're drinking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the entire Memorial Day weekend planned. Pretty much. <laughs> oh, man. I think the one, the other piece, I uh, wanted to bring this up when you were talking about pieces of advice. And I thought that this was very important. She does have a chapter on the best advice she's ever been given. And this is her personal piece of advice. And I feel like this comes up a lot for me. So I just want to read it for everybody else. If you're in bed and you think you might have to pee, just get (laughs) up and pee. You won't stop thinking about it until you do. Just get up and pee already. And I, like she mentioned every morning, I tend to do that every night. And I'm just sitting there going, no, 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 maybe I can just fall asleep before I pee. No, it's never going to yep. happen. Nope. And it's just, a, it's a fact of life. It's a really good piece of advice. So everybody out there uh, in podcast land, please know if, you, if you're if you in bed and you have to pee, just get up and pee. Just get up yep. and pee. It is sound advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very sound advice. I was looking to see what other advice she had. No, I can't yeah. find it. Section. I know that she had the general... Don't shit where you eat, which mm-hmm. I disagree with, but that's always me. Um, yeah, I can't find it. Oh, here's her really great random texts. <laughs> For dinner, I had 20 ounces of coffee and five craft singles. Am I going to die? <laughs> and I really debated bringing my phone out to be like, let's let's read Megan's best friend's text. But Josh might actually kill me if I do that. <laughs> And then tell him, because he doesn't actually listen. Um, I'm about to use my food processor for the first time in my life that I can remember. (laughs) Hashtag fuck yes. Hashtag welcome home. Hashtag the sun will come out now. Hashtag I only speak in hashtag now. (laughs) Had to be like 2013. Like that's got it. Like 2012. There was like a year where like we all spoke in hashtags. Um. But yeah, like she even talks about how she used her text as Twitter before yes. she got Twitter, yeah. and then she was obsessed with Twitter. Yeah, um, which I totally understand. Ah, I cannot find it. Oh, there it is. Okay, it is. Don't pluck your eyebrows when you're drunk. Yeah, oh, that yeah. is very. That is very good. That advice. is. A, yes, that is. Don't do anything. Mine is yeah. don't dye your hair when you're drunk. Well, mm. when you're on Ambien. But yeah. Oh, yeah. I would I would agree with that. Yeah. You will end up missing an entire section of your head. Basically, just don't do anything to your personal self while you're drunk. <laughs> no, no changes to your appearance. Um, if you're a girl, pee after sex. Yep. Yes. I don't understand why they don't teach that in school. Sex ed needs to be upgraded. Mm-hmm. Half- Pack half of what you think you need. Yes. I yes. need to learn to to do that. Can I can I tell you the best like my packing advice to people if you can do it? Um, if you know you're going to be going away, pack one or two nights before. Like that not the night the, you know, not the night before, but okay. one to two nights before. Then the night before, go through everything and be like, Am I really gonna wear this? And it is the easiest way to cut down because when you're packing the night before, you're like, 
fuck, what if I need this? What if I need that? What if I need this? And you go through everything. And I am, I am, an, I am a reformed overpacker. Like, I would bring absolutely everything. I would go away for a week with friends. And granted, like, we would probably get dressed up, like, one night and go out for something. But I would bring, for three days, like, six to seven pairs of shoes. Like, I would have, I would not a carry-on bag, like, all of this stuff. And when I started doing that, actually, I started doing that for, if I was going to go, like, abroad for, you know, a week or two, um, I didn't want to bring everything. And so it just really kind of, when I'm not doing it the night before, there's not that panic. So it's like, you can do the panic two days before, like, you know, or a day before. And then when you're kind of going through, you're like, oh. And then you realize, like, I'm going to be gone for, like, four days. I don't need 20 pairs of socks, like, you know, <laughs> yep. for all these situations. All things I'm doing. I'm not judging. But, yeah. That's good advice. That's always I just need to do that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's hard. It's Trust me, it's oh. hard. It's hard. Books is hard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, wear your tight. Wear your underwear over your tights and keep them from sagging. Unless you want to hook up with somebody, and then it's really awkward. Right. Yes, right. exactly. Is, I like the continuation of the advice yes. there to be very realistic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like don't do this because if you're making out, then like he's going to slide his hand up your skirt, and there's no amount of like right. ever, ever going to make this okay. Right. Not that I ever experienced this. Right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Some of these are like obvious, and where she yeah. got them from, and everything. Although the always wash your face before bed. Once yes. those makeup wipes came out, I was like, oh, I don't need to wash my face. So I've been trying to get back into. Same. Yeah. yeah. I am the laziest keep, person about that. And it's I keep finally face trying to catch up. In my shower and mm-hmm. next to the sink. Yes. Both. Yes. Cause I, yeah. Because, well, especially because my hair is now blonde and I do the purple shampoo and conditioner, which needs to stay on your hair for a few minutes. I keep a toothbrush in my bath tub or my shower for the same reason because it's like well for at least one of those minutes i can wash my face and one of those minutes i can brush my teeth <laughs> and then you're kind of like okay yay i'm being super productive and also healthy <laughs> you're so good like i am the worst person i always forget to take my makeup off although i do have those makeup wipes and like occasionally i remember to do that and it's but like recently it's caught up to me and i'm like damn it i keep working out so now i have to go back to being a good person again yeah it's the breakouts where i'm like you know that your face doesn't do this when you wash your face so just wash it but it's like oh i gotta get up and do this (laughs) yes um never promise crazy a baby from george bluth senior regarding promising kitty sanchez a baby while hiding out in mexico from her i think that is a great one to end on yeah so so yeah it's, it is definitely like I said it is a really fun book oh just very briefly say like the last part where she gets all of her old diaries her mom sends her oh. like 42 diaries and she's reading through them and then reaches this point where she's like I haven't really changed all that much and I was like fuck because I recently I've been purging and stuff and I found cards and I found a card from somebody who gave it to me in high school because I'd never get rid of cards or letters and she was basically I'm not going to get into a super like learn what a pathetic soul I am here but like it was a lot of things she was saying or things I still feel about myself now and I was like wow like that's really sad that's really sad that I have not gotten over this shit in a really long time so that kind of like hit me in in a way that I was not expecting to end this book on like well 
fuck. Like that was kind of like, you know, cause it was up and down. But like, but at the same time, it was relatable. Like, yeah. and I, and I appreciated that there's other people that still don't completely have their shit together yeah. at that point. Thank God. Yeah. That is one why in life. Yeah. You will get your shit together at some point. My 40s, this is where I'm convinced it's going to happen. It didn't happen yeah. the minute I turned 30. It'll <laughs> happen when I turn 40. I, I still have one diary from when I was a kid because I was not the best at keeping them. Oh, yeah, like when I look yeah. back at it, be like, oh, I'd write something like, sorry for not writing in four weeks. Like, yes! <laughs> and like I don't know what happened in that time frame because I just, there was def- it was not dear diary every day because I just couldn't be bothered with it. Yeah. <laughs> they still make me cringe though. Still definitely make me cringe. Like my, dude. my aunt gave me, so I'm much older than both of you. Cause you're like, Oh, I'm going to get it together when I turn 40. I'm like, well, I'm 43 bitches and <laughs> still not together. Um, I mean, I'm being facetious. Like I, mm-hmm. yeah, I know yeah. plenty of people in their forties that are like, ha, fuck you, Megan. So <laughs> pretty much pretty. Well, that's right. I was uh, a couple weeks ago. I was on, um, uh, kill by kill with patrick because gina couldn't make it and the guest uh chauncey who was amazing and hilarious and brilliant made a comment that whenever this movie came out she was six and it was the year that i graduated high school and (laughs) i was just like really and i didn't say anything what patrick did and i was like patrick did you invite me on so you weren't the only old person on this (laughs) thank you um but there was a point for me to like go into all of my sad patheticness. Uh, oh, diaries, diaries. Mm. Thank, okay. Sorry. My aunt gave me a diary. It is a Cabbage Patch doll diary. Oh, it is puppy nice. on the top. The first entry, and, I, and same thing. I have the same thing where I'm like writing into it, going, "Sorry, I haven't written." Um, it's weird that we felt like we needed to apologize to this yes! inanimate object. Like. It's because books do this. Epistolary <laughs> novels do this. And then it gets ingrained into our heads. And it's like, this is why none of us keep diaries is because we're writing for an audience instead of writing for ourselves. Yeah. Well, Sorry. here's the thing. I got this in 1985. And I think I like, oh, I still had entries in it when I was in college because I would just be like, <laughs> yeah, hey, I haven't written in two, 10 years, but here's what's been going on. But the very first entry was I'm telling my diary that uh, either that day or the day before we, me and my mom went to go see Desperately Seeking Susan. So that is why <laughs> I know that I started like started this diary in 1985 because I just looked it up. I was like, is it 87 or is it 85? <laughs> 85. Yep. yep. I never finished a diary, but I was also one of those where it's like it's been too long. I need to start a new one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. But I do have a notebook somewhere around here where it is from my high school. I think it's high school. It's either eighth grade or high school. Best friend and I. It was a notebook we used to pass notes in classes. Oh, yeah. And then, no, wait, it's not that notebook. I do have that notebook somewhere. But this is like my, I don't know what it is because it's not a journal, but it is a random collection of like, there's a list of hot guys from high school. Yeah. There's a dream I had. Mm-hmm. Here's a list of like, I don't know. It's, it, I guess it's close to a journal. It's the only thing that I have finished. But it also was not private. Like yeah. I know that Robin looked through this at yeah. one point because Robin's notes are through it. Yeah. Of like, oh, this is really sweet. And like, he may be the only person that ever looked at it, honestly. And now I'm really tempted to go find it. You should. <laughs> 
just so I could embarrass the crap out of myself. Oh, God. Whenever I think of notebooks, um, my friend Annie Wu, um, the uh, absolutely amazing uh, comic book illustrator and writer, and uh, she, um, she had written this tweet like years ago, and I think about it all the time, which is, I need a new notebook, she said every few months. A new notebook will solve all of my problems. <laughs> yes. Anyway, is, anyway she, oh, the, 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 the last part is, anyway, she's dead now, crushed by notebooks. <laughs> <laughs> this speaks to me. It's yeah. such high of a volume. Yep. I will retweet that every so often. I will repost it, like, on something, because I'm like, yes. And I will look, like, if you come into my room, uh, notebooks upon notebooks upon notebooks. And some I've had for years and years, and I've never, or I've maybe filled in, like, a couple of pages of it. That's Oh, yeah. Oh, I was so guilty of this. Like, the ones with the nice cover, you don't, it's like candles. Like, you don't want to use it. Although I did have one, Megan, going back to a notebook that you had with a friend where you'd pass back the notes. Um, I think my best friend, Annabelle, from high school, we had a notebook that we would pass back and forth, and it had, it was the Backstreet Boys on the cover, like their Millennium album cover. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know where the hell that is now. I don't think I have it. (laughs) I know I also have, like, because I've started writing poetry in high school, very angsty teen poetry. Yes. And I still have it, and I had... Like, I had all these plans, like, oh, I'll rewrite it, like, so it's all in one notebook or in one thing, and it's, I know exactly where it all is, and it's just sitting there. I mean, who knows, yeah. some of the pen pencils probably faded by now, but I'm like, uh, do I want to reread this yeah. stuff? But I don't have the heart to throw it away. Can I please request a bonus episode in which you read your poetry, and Megan can read a couple of her exchanges? Oh, I mean, I know I have, there's a notebook on my shelf and I know exactly which one it is and where it is that is probably as close to a diary that I've kept since college mm-hmm. that I literally use for like big moments that I don't want to forget. So like yeah. some things happen and I'm like, well, I have to write this down to emotionally be able to process it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to look at this again because like, I don't need to read about the first time I had sex. Like. <laughs> I don't need to read about the time that my dad had my mom thrown in jail. Like, Oof. I don't need to read about these moments. No. And these are just a kid. Like, because I always felt like that's what I was writing for. Because that's always what these diary books felt like was like, I want for my daughter to read eventually. And it's like, no. Ooh, I don't want don't I, need to. No. I wouldn't, nope. I wouldn't want any future kids reading the stuff <laughs> I wrote. Because there was definitely a period no. of high school. I I had decided I wanted to wait until I had graduated from high school to have sex, and it was because a lot of girls, I was probably a sophomore or junior when I made this decision, I was seeing a lot of girls getting pregnant their senior year, and I was like, oh, oh no, yeah. that's not going to be me. But I had a boyfriend, and that meant it's a very, it was a very long two years. <laughs> so <laughs> some of that poetry is also just like, I'm horny and I want to have sex. <laughs> So no, I would not want any yeah. future children reading that. No, yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I waited too, but that's because my mom was a teen mom, and I was like, well, at least I'm not. Actually, there is a moment. It's probably one of not my earliest childhoods, but my most vivid childhood memories, where I come home after our first sex ed class, and I went, "I'm going to wait," and both my mother and stepdad just looked at me and laughed. <laughs> and my mother was like. <laughs> <laughs> she just went like I'm proud of you for thinking that but it's not realistic yeah. <laughs> and I, I was like bullshit I'm doing this I'm waiting till marriage 
I appreciate your parents, like, <laughs> their honest response to yeah. that. My, they had to be. like the, Yeah. Yeah. Because my dad and my mom weren't married, but and they also never, my dad raised me Catholic, but they never said, oh, you need to wait. I think they knew that I'd be like, um, I need to wait until I'm married. <laughs> Guys. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, yeah, um, pretty much just like, please get out of high school, don't get pregnant. Yeah, that was pretty much my goal, and I got pretty close. It was like... There was a, I think it was like April of senior year, because there, there was just, there was an opportunity where we could spend the night together. So I was like, well, okay. Mm. <laughs> I am surprised. I guess Judy Griff probably, I, I don't know how old she is off the top of my head. She is, uh, she'll be 43 in this year. Because I okay. look it up and she's a year younger than me. Okay. So feasibly she could still have kids. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think did she mentioned that she was trying to figure out if that was yeah. something they wanted to do. Yeah. That was, yeah, because I think she said her husband had uh, said she could have two more dogs if no more kids. That's right. <laughs> That's right. She's like, That's I would just right. take one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, because his were preteen yeah. when they got together or like by the time she was coming around. So they're probably... Honestly, if they're not both out of high school by yeah. this point, one one is almost done. Yeah, and yeah, that's kind Speaking of like of someone seventy two. Both of us have siblings that are so much younger. It's like you were almost done. Yep, that's you were almost done. My when my dad and my stepmom met, I think I I was eleven when they got married, and I can't remember how long they dated before that so Alex was probably eight so they dated obviously for a couple of years before that at least um and my stepmom didn't want kids and then she met me and Alex and was like oh these are good kids okay I want a kid now my dad my dad was like what <laughs> so obviously they worked that out but she was like well if you don't want to then we're gonna have to go our separate ways because now I want to have kids um, and I'm sure he was Thank like you oh. for having such good kids I know. Yes. You shouldn't have raised yes. us right. <laughs> you and our moms. But um, so that's where her and Junior and Marco came from. My two youngest brothers because <laughs> of me and Alex, who the youngest boys like to say Alex and I are the favorites because they took us to <laughs> Disney and they took us to Hershey oh. Park. And I'm like, uh, they took you to Disney. They took you on a cruise. They took you to Puerto Rico. Like, they oh, took- yeah. 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 But we like so. to tease them and say that we are the favorites. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my, so I spent, Caitlin and I spent most of every summer with our dad, and my stepdad, when my mom and stepdad got married, or actually when they met, or, okay, re-met, because they went to high school together, but he had always swore he would not date a woman who already had kids, mm. but they already had, they knew each other, mm. so I, I don't know that whole story, it's theirs, but, um, he enjoyed us having us around so much. My mom was like, he'd always get so sad in the summer. So, and you guys weren't there. And he's like, no, I wasn't. And he, she's like, yes, he was. And uh, so that's why they ended up having the twins. So, wow. Which is, I mean, yeah, they're. It's basically our siblings have us to thank for their lives. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Like they should, they should do really nice things for you guys. I know. I don't know. I don't think they listen to this, but they they should. They should. Mackenzie used to. I don't think she still does. She did for at least the first few. Mm. Because I came across recently where um, 
my mom had sent me texts from my sister who couldn't be bothered to text me to tell me that she had joined my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had told Mackenzie if she read a book, I'd have her on. And she read like three fourths of a book and was like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. I changed my mind. She's being like Marco, not wanting to read. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She's like, no, I'll become a YouTube star instead. Okay. Half That's an option. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't think MJ's ever listened. He'd probably be embarrassed. So. Because, you, because it's you or because he is afraid that you might mention him? Probably both. But if I mention how awesome his hair is now, he will be embarrassed. Oh. <laughs> I mentioned the best part. So. Do your siblings listen, Stephanie? Um, I, I don't know if my, my sister is older. She's like, how old is she? She's 26. I, I think she might listen. She has at least liked our posts on Facebook. <laughs> that much yes. I do know. Um, <laughs> I don't think Alex does, and I don't think the two youngest do. Um, okay. Her name Jr. is off in college, you know, doing his own thing. So. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and I, the youngest, no, I don't think so. I mean, maybe if we did a Harry Potter podcast, he'd listen oh, because he'd be maybe go. reading the books. I, you know. <laughs> we'll when I was putting that quiz together, I was like, uh, like flipping through the books to make. I mean, I knew I had the answers right, but I had to like make sure. Uh, right. So I was flipping through the book to make sure. I was like, I really I want to reread this again, but I have so many other things to read. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really hope when we reread them. Which, honestly, it could be like three months before Ted finishes the book. Then <laughs> we start Harry Potter. Let's be honest. And that is only because he listens to a lot of podcasts, too. Yeah. So <laughs> I think he's playing catch up on that. At the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, we will figure it out. If we do this. <laughs> well, you know, people are in like I'm all in. <laughs> I know so many people are in on this and are interested in this. We'll figure it out. Maybe you can give Tim your quiz online or on air. <laughs> yes. Question one. <laughs> and you better be able to name all of the Weasley children at Hogwarts. <laughs> yes. And I'm not editing to make you sound smarter than you yeah. are. <laughs> and there was a bonus question of name all the Weasley kids not at Hogwarts. And Marco did not try to answer that one. <laughs> kind of along those lines. Um when Judy Greer is talking about when she uh, towards the beginning when she's 13 or she now once she turns 13 she can get like Tiger Beat in yes, those magazines yes. I was like yes I had those I had a subscription to something I, I think it was Bop <laughs> yes oh my god I totally had a subscription to Bop and then and then I loved going to the supermarket because if you went to the supermarket then they had all of those magazines out oh yeah oh, there was there was like a silly silly some e card um that I found like years ago and I'm just trying to track it down right now because uh it, oh, come on where where did I hide you um maybe I'll just have to send it to you but basically it was like now nah, because I don't want to read it and then not be nearly as funny um I will just have to try to, to track it down but it was like kind of perfect about the NSYNC Backstreet Boys like uh, oh yeah you know the rivalry the rivalry exactly yeah. like you know 90 degrees was not even mentioned in this oh golly no oh no oh bless or like i remember when i saw in sync uh at a giant stadium like bb mac opened for them and who even oh remembers god bb mac. mac yeah yeah i forgot about them 
I every I think everybody's forgotten about them. So, <laughs> I, oh, here it is. My generation didn't have One Direction. We had two. In Sync and Backstreet and the Backstreet Boys. And God help you if you pick the wrong side. <laughs> yes. I've always loved this. It's so good. I always went back and forth between them. I think. I, think I, I did just, too. I don't know. I think it was because I got into pop music like later. Like really, I listened 120 minutes, and you know, I weird like classic radio because where I live, classic radio was the only radio station aside from pop music. I didn't have like a college radio station, so um, yeah, I don't even know how I started listening to NSYNC. I really don't remember, but it's just a group of us started doing it, and then we started writing about it. And actually, I have this. We uh, founded a website that is still up, but kind of defunct right now called Pop Girls. And a lot of it was just run by writing ridiculous things about, like, we were in our 20s and we weren't like, oh my God, I think we're like, this is some of the most ridiculous fucking shit. Like, have you ever seen this? You know? So, yeah. Like, there was one song he had that, that they sang, and I remember Justin had the line, um, I'm writing letters to my garbage can. And it was like the whole yep, the concept I was believe. like he's like writing letters to these girls, but to this girl and throwing them away because he can't send them to her. So yep. same Michelle and I, we started this whole thing of what are the letters that Justin is writing to the garbage can? Like oh. garbage can, like you were so lovely. You were my only friend, you know. <laughs> so yeah, we were stupid, but they still made us laugh, and that's really all that matters. But yes, I. I do believe that song may have been on that McDonald's yeah. CD I was talking about. Probably was. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I don't know if it made it to an album afterwards, because I think that out that came out before Celebrity, the third album. Yeah. But I, it, yeah, it was on that McDonald's album. I, I, it's like the, the weird muscle memory and things that like stick with you. We were, she was out here, um, oh God, five or six years ago, and we were driving, I think to Atlantic City, and she'd put it on and all of a sudden it was like some song I think it was like um I think it was giddy up like and it was either giddy up or or here we go one of those and all of a sudden I'm driving she's next to me and we're like like we hands go out do this whole move around and was like okay they must have done this in concert I haven't thought of this in forever but like all of a sudden jumping into yep. this choreography you know that and the it two stays of us. with you yes yes <laughs> i was uh, there's i cannot listen to two of us off of celebrity without doing because this was like the move that they did in in in, in uh in concert they did like the two of us the two of us yeah i still remember all the dances i made up with all yeah. my sisters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i yeah oh. so do you have a book drink for judy greer's book <laughs> Yes, I do. I was glad that I had to think of it ahead of time. Now, she mentions wine a lot in her book. <laughs> she does. I do not drink wine. I think all wine is gross, no matter what kind of wine you try to give me. <laughs> and I was trying to think, what would this be? I was like, you know, I feel like as I'm reading this book, because I feel like I'm hanging out with her, like, and she's telling me great stories, that I was like, oh, maybe I'll just have, like, a beer. You know, I don't really feel it's necessarily a mixed drink. And then I remembered that uh, thanks to my last trip to Canada, I got the perfect drink to do. And up, if you are visiting our neighbors to the north, you can get, um, I don't know if they have regular, but I have peach. It is peach Snapple iced tea spiked with vodka in a can. And it is <laughs> delightful and delicious. And because it's from Canada, it's vodka, not malt liquor. And I have been drinking it this whole time and i have to say it has been like it is 
I enjoy you ladies in general, but it's made me enjoy you <laughs> and it's put even more. We are enjoying you too. Yes. Oh, thank Although you. I am thank jealous. I, yeah, I was about to say I'm super intrigued. Oh yeah, yeah so I want to try that. The next time I go up, I will I will uh, snap a couple more and bring them down, <laughs> and we can get together. I I would. It is it it's like weirdly refreshing. I don't know if you've ever had um twenty first was it twenty first amendments watermelon beer. Like I've had Mm-mm. a couple of watermelon beers, but they were the first ones I had, and it is really nice when that that when that is ice cold because. A lot of watermelon beers are like artificially flavored, and this one just yeah. literally tastes like you're drinking a beer and eating watermelon at the same time, and it's super mm-hmm. refreshing. So I would put that like I would put this like peach apple, like you know, spiked vodka, like and and the same thing, like you can just hang out and you know sip away and have a really nice <laughs> read or conversation with Judy Greer. <laughs> either way, either yeah. way. Yes, yes, yeah, so Amy, what? Yes. Now that you oh. finished Judy Greer's book, what are you reading next? Um, that is a very good question because, as <laughs> I said, I have piles and piles of books that I have not read. Um, I I guess my question is, am I going to read something new or am I going to read a book that I have not dived in or that I started, which has uh, been hanging over me, the, uh, the first 15 lies of Henry August that I have been reading on and off for a couple of years because it's on my Kindle. So it's not like it, my Kindle dies quickly. So it's not a book that's right in front of me. However, my brother works for HarperCollins and every so often comes home with a ton of books. And I recently saw him and he sent me home with a big bag of books and I haven't really gotten a chance to go through them. There's two though that he's given me recently. One is, um, the history of CAA, the Creative Artists Agency, and I'm, I've worked in the television industry. I'm nerdy about all of that stuff. And then another book is, I think it's become a very popular book. He said it's a bestseller, so you guys probably heard of it. Uh, the Woman in the Window? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. So that might be one of them. So yeah, so it is, it is but I feel inspired. Like, you know, it, awesome. like I said, like it took me a little while to get going. Because the, the the beginning of this book was a little bland, but like I, you know, quickly powered through like the middle, like going towards the end. So that's where there I'm at. Go. Nice. So you'll be like me and be like, "How the hell have I read so many books?" <laughs> yeah, I still feel like I don't read enough. Well, it's you know it is. I tend to watch like I find like I put TV on in the background as like a comforting thing. It's like if I'm listening to an audiobook, that's always best when I'm driving. You know, if mm. I'm doing something else, I'll I, I won't I'll just zone out. And so my problem is that I tend to watch these same episodes of random British murder mysteries over and over and over <laughs> again to the point that I was watching an episode of Hinterland and thought I knew what was happening, and then actually said to myself, "Oh no no no, that was a Wallander episode." Like, <laughs> and so I already knew how it was going to end, and was confusing it with a Wallander episode. So yeah. So, so I, that's nice. why I like the idea of branching out and getting myself back into books. I wrote a book. I appreciate people who write books. I <laughs> do this. It is. It's one of those things. It's like, because I fell out of it for a really long time after college. And you just kind of have to either set aside time mm-hmm. to get back into it or have a situation where you're thrown into where it's like, I what am I gonna do? Sit on the subway without cell phone service and stare yeah. into space for an hour? No, I'm going to read a book. Yeah, and then 
Because Subway is suddenly gets cell phone service, and you're like, God damn it, this is my hour <laughs> a day, I nobody can reach me. So yeah, and then suddenly you're like, this is all I do. <laughs> I'm running, I'm reading. It's fine. I, yeah. <clears throat> I, I, no, I do. It's like my mother reads obsessively. My mother has probably read... I don't know, what are we, three, we're four months into the year, like, at least one or two books a week. So, I come from a reading family. In fact, in fact, talking about that, that, that diary that I've had since 1985, there is, and I always remember this, there's one entry where I'm really bad at my mother, and I call her a bitch because she promised to take me to the library, and she didn't. And I was this probably, exactly what I would be angry about. if I got this at 11, I probably was like 11 or 12. I was furious. I oh still even God. remember being mad. I would get, anytime she would tell me she would take me to the library, and she didn't, furious. Furious. <laughs> I love this so much. Yes. <laughs> I've seen how many books I've read this year. Because now I'm curious. Because <laughs> I was editing last episode and I can't remember what the number was. And I was like, oh, that's so fun. I'm at 64 for the year. Damn. Oh, wow. See, I have, I have a collection nice. of, like, I watch TV the way people listen to music or whatever. And I follow it. I follow the industry and writers and stuff. But yeah. I have a uh, running spreadsheet of how many television shows I've watched at least a single season of throughout my entire okay. life. Mm-hmm. I believe I'm at 530. There might be more. There might be less. I have to take a look. And, like, that even includes, like, the embarrassing ones, like Saved by the Bell and <laughs> City Guys. Oh, I watch a lot of that, like, really bad, like, teen Saturday morning when I was, like, way too old to be doing that stuff. So, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I would still nope. watch Save by the Bell if I had time. If I knew. No. Oh, Steffi, what are you reading? Um, well, I did not actually finish. I was slacking. So I did not finish that Darling <laughs> or Daring Ladies of Lowell one that I mentioned last time. So it's a oh, toss yeah. up between that one or when I went to get Judy Gear's book from the library. I also, even though I didn't need to pick up another book, picked up uh, by Angelou's um, autobiography, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. So it's probably going to be that one since I got to bring it back to the library soon. Um, <laughs> and then the Lowell one. So, yeah. How about you? So I am officially in my first book hangover since probably February of last year. Um, to a point where I started a new book today and went, no, nope, nope, I got to actually take some time. Um, I am currently reading two. I am reading an advanced reader's copy of the city or no city of ghosts by Victoria Schwab, who is hands down my favorite author. This is her first middle grade book. So I went into this going, like, it's middle grade. I'm not going to be scared. I had to put it down the other night. <laughs> it's a little too scary. Ooh. She's, she's got a way of being like, it's not, like, overtly scary, but my mind's going, like, nope, I can't handle this. I have to go to sleep. And what is the other book I'm reading? Oh, The Babysitter, which is some advanced reader copy that I forgot I had. The book came out last month, so I need to finish it. But it's really slow. Um, but I am currently in a comic book phase. Hmm. I am doing the Flintstones, which everybody tells me is amazing. And hmm. then after reading the first volume, I was like, it really is. Huh. <laughs> and then I'm reading Scooby-Doo. Both of these started either late 2016 or early 2017. Oh. Okay. Um, they both have two volumes out. I feel like one of them just released volume three. But uh, the Flintstones... Is it neither are as campy as the original mm-hmm. cartoons and things like that, 
So the Flintstones is like a slice of life, but it also has like, there's one issue where, um, the topic of marriage comes up and like people are starting to get married and how terrible is that? And that's going to completely ruin our society and things like that. It's just like a great (laughs) bit of satire. And then Scooby-Doo is, yeah, it's really, really good. And the guy who did Flintstones is now doing, oh shit. It's the cat. It's like a purple cat. It starts with an S. I keep wanting to say Snagglepuss, but that is not his name. It'll come to me in a minute. Um, shit. Anyways, so the Scooby-Doo one is, it's Scooby Apocalypse. Hmm. And you look at the cover and none of them look like what you think. Like Shaggy is a hipster with a beard. And I'm reading this and I'm like, it's really uncomfortable how attractive <laughs> Shaggy right now. Like, this is not, no. <laughs> and yet I am. And it's, it's, it's a decent comic and it's a little repetitive on some of its dialogue and it's really dialogue heavy, mm. but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a kind of like a, this is how they came to be together. This looks But fun. also, yeah. He's got yeah, tattoos. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like yeah. Shaggy has a beard and earrings and like wears a plaid shirt. And I'm just like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> He's great with dogs. He's a dog trainer in the book. Yes. Makes sense. And I'm just like, Important. I'm like, I need to put this down because I'm <laughs> shaggy right now. I like so, it. Yeah. I like it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. So good. So, thank you for coming on, Amy. Thank yes, you for thank having you. me. <laughs> I, wonderful. And when you told me about the book and I said, hey, you guys picked this. This is a good fun, fun book. Thanks for not mocking me too much for completely God, forgetting no. that I had suggested the book. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ridiculous that way, so... Part of my charm. Part of my charm. At least that's what I keep telling myself. So, yes. (laughs) So, before we let you plug your stuff, um, next episode we are going to have Sarah F. Decker. um, And we are reading Kindred by Octavia Butler. That should be good. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard good things. Yeah, I have too. And I'm surprised neither of us have read this, honestly. It's like one of those books that... I feel like everybody should have read, but I feel like we come across a few of those. So, (laughs) Um, Amy, thank you again. Where can people find you? Um, Or on the internet? On the internet. Uh, People can find me on the Twitters at AmyPop, A-M-Y-P-O-P. Or you can look up uh, the Amy Pascal, uh, Pascal with an E at the end of it. And I kind of have all of my offshoots there uh, i co-host ladies love paul rudd which has been on hiatus for a bit and will hopefully be back as soon as i get my shit together uh with my amazing <laughs> and brilliant uh co-host larissa and yeah we are not wishing too hard but we hope it is coming back it is yes it, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it is it is a absolute joy of feminist and feminine gazing the hell out of Paul Rudd and all of his projects. So and mm-hmm. yeah, I haven't I haven't done that in quite some time. So um, yeah, yeah, we we need to definitely get back on that. So 
about it. That's about it. And uh, depending on whether or not Megan cuts out the Buffy conversation, uh, you can uh, see my general, well, not my feelings, my book I wrote, Joss Whedon, the biography that came out in 2014. And you can, some people think I'm too harsh on uh, season six and some people think I don't comment enough on it. So... That's... I was amused to see the polar opposites on the uh, Goodread reviews. I laughed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is It is uh, when the book went to reviewers, people said I didn't put enough of my personal interpretation in. When the book went to readers and fans, uh, I was I all I read was that I put too much of my opinion in. So <laughs> I learned you can it was like the best lesson in you cannot make everybody happy. Exactly. That is see, and we've been talking about a lot of advice. I would say that is that is a very big important piece of advice. Don't for the love of God, if you don't like someone's work, movie, TV, books, podcasts, don't at them. Yeah. And tell them that it's terrible. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Be nice to people, like we talked yeah. about when talking about Judy Greer and yeah. what people would say to her. Just be nice. Exactly. Just be nice. Just be nice. Just be nice. Yes. I'd go read Judy Greer's book on how to compliment. Yes. She gives yes. you like a good list of ones that you could just memorize. Right. How to interact <laughs> with people kindly. <laughs> I, you exactly. know what? I If she writes another book, I think that would be super charming. Like how to interact with people. <laughs> you know, how to interact yes. with your best friend and how to interact with, you know, strangers and whatnot. I think she, you know, it could be a, a small little, like, gift book, but I think that would be delightful and charming. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think yes. I'm going to include that in the social media stuff when I at her. It's like, <laughs> Judy Greer, we want this book from you. Perfect. Perfect. Please and thank you. <laughs> and then we will go to Canada and we will buy lots of peach Snapple yes. spiked with vodka and we will all sit around with Judy yes. Greer reading her book. I, I, well, maybe she'll just read it to us. Either way, yeah, I'm good. exactly. That's that's a good fine. plan. That's a, and it's a good, I'm on board. And it's a decent reason for us to go to LA. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Exactly. <laughs> so you can find us on all the social media at JVC Podcast, and there is also a Facebook group, a handbook for judging fabulous retellings covers. Bit of a tongue twister. That is. <laughs> Well, thank you for listening and could please continue to support your local libraries.